whoever is listening, guys, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann, and welcome to another episode of the Man with a Plan podcast. We're featured on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and let us know if you really enjoy the show, if you're a longtime listener or just joining us. I want to thank you for your support. Today is Wednesday, August 23rd. It is our first day of classes on Clemson's campus. Really excited about the year. It's my final first day of classes. I'm a senior at Clemson University. Whether you're in my spot or you're just starting out school, whatever level it is, congratulations. It's a brand new year. It's an exciting thing. So I hope everybody has a successful and strong year in their academics or your teacher. Whatever it is for you, I hope it goes swimmingly, goes very well. So today, what are we going to do today? We are very, very close to the start of the NFL season September 7th, I believe, is the date. I'm looking at it on my computer's calendar, is when the Chiefs take on the Detroit Lions, the defending champion Chiefs, take on America's favorite sweetheart team last year of Detroit. So we're going to do these next two weeks. I'm going to do an AFC prediction, which is what we're doing today. We're going to go division by division. I'm going to give you my one through four, and then we're going to do playoff order this one's going to be much tougher than the NFC, and I think I wanted to start with that for that specific reason. So we're going to kind of schedule like that, and then we'll do the NFC next week, and then we'll kind of go from there and see how things schedule with the NFL, maybe do some college football. Week zero is this weekend. I'm very, very excited for that. So hopefully it'll be a good time. I'm going to take a sip of water real quick, and we're going to get underway. So... The AFC, this is what I have in my notes. Tough decisions, be bold, stick with them. It is a crazy thing. I've spent the last couple hours trying to prep this and trying to fit the right thing. I've switched my order around a bunch. I think I'm going to have some things that make people upset, but I'm pretty confident in my, I think my top seed is the only thing that I'm very confident in. I could see, and I just put this out on Twitter, I could see six teams representing the AFC at the very least in the Super Bowl on February. It is a diverse conference. There's a lot of talent, particularly at the quarterback spot. There's just a lot to love about this thing. I think that the NFC is going to be significantly easier to get in the postseason. I think the AFC, there's going to be some really good teams that are left out and some very tough decisions for me. But as always, whatever you guys think, let me know down below with your picks. Maybe you disagree with my order. Love the dialogue, love the discussion. Be feel to send me a message on social media. They're all linked down below. Regardless of whether where you're listening, they are linked in the description. So I think we're going to go AFC South first because I think that's the least contentious one, I'm pretty sure. So I'm going to give you my one through four, kind of give you my thoughts, and then I think we we'll do that for each division. There might be some more detail for others just because I think that there's a lot more to say. So for the AFC South, I have number one, Jacksonville, number two, Tennessee, number three, Indianapolis, and number four, Houston. So I think I'm going to start at the bottom and work my way up for this one. For the Colts and the Texans, I think this is a year for growing pains, whether it's the Colts about to ship off Jonathan Taylor and get some extra draft capital, or you have rookie QBs like Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. I think if you start with the four at Texans, I think C.J. Stroud's going to have a really tough time sometimes in the pocket. I've seen two preseason games, and I think the accuracy that he had at Ohio State has definitely translated to this level. I think that that's very apparent. But the one thing that's not translated is the protection that he's had from each from one level to the other. There were plays at Ohio State where he had maybe 10 seconds in the pocket to be able to make throws, and that's just not going to be the case here. There's going to be some major growing pains. It's one of the worst rosters in the NFL. 
it was an easy four for me. And I'm really excited to see CJ play. I think he's going to be a phenomenal quarterback in this league. Will Anderson on the other side of the football is going to be a fun watch as well. But this is just a team with D'Amico Ryans that I think they're going to have some great flashes, some nice moments, but they're going to come few and far between as they try to figure out how to rebuild a mess of a franchise for the last couple of years since Deshaun Watson took off. And then at three, the Colts, I, I pretty much have the same thing, growing pains. Richardson's going to miss out on his other top playmaker and Jonathan Taylor, who is now it's been floated around all summer, but we, I had a feeling Jonathan Taylor wasn't going to be suited up with Indianapolis week one. I like Shane Steichen as their head coach, but I think it's the same thing applies with CJ Stroud and the Texans. There's just going to be some growing pains. I think Anthony Richardson's ceiling. I know that there's a lot of conversations about ceiling and floor and how that fits into the whole mess and scheme. But I think for Indianapolis, they're going to be a really fun team to watch. I'm really excited to see how Anthony Richardson develops. This is the first time in a while we've seen the Colts really go all in on developing a quarterback as opposed to maybe signing a Phillip Rivers, a Matt Ryan, trying to just extend their window a little bit longer. They're finally in rebuild mode, and it's exciting to see the franchise take that direction, especially with an owner that's been very contentious this offseason like Jim Irsay. And number two, I think this team arguably made one of the bigger signings of the summer with DeAndre Hopkins, but I'm just not a Ryan Tannehill guy. And when you compare him to Trevor Lawrence and what the Jaguars were able to add, we'll get to why I love Jacksonville at one and why I could see them potentially being a one seed. I don't have them slotted there, but I think when you compare the two teams, one team is young and rising. The other team is getting older and descending. There's there's youth and ascension and there's aging and descension if i was able to put that together correctly for you guys i think mike Vrabel's one of our best one of the better coaches in our football league but you have an aging ryan Tannehill. he's older i think he's 36 37 now derrick henry is getting older he's getting some injuries popping up here and there deandre hopkins is going to be a great addition i think that this is a tennessee team that could maybe be a dark horse team to sneak around but with that being said i just don't love Ryan Tannehill is their quarterback. I could see maybe Malik Willis or Will Levis, depending on how the QB roster shakes up, them having some playing time this year, trying to see what they have in those quarterbacks. But for me, it came down to quarterback and just the youth of this roster. And I think Jacksonville's in a much better spot. I really want to highlight Jacksonville's schedule here. I have it pulled up. They open up with Indianapolis. I think that's going to be a win. And some of their tougher games this year, they have the Chiefs at home. They have the Titans at home again they have the Bengals at home they have the Ravens at home they have the Panthers at home there's a lot of home games that Jacksonville has I think it's a very favorable schedule they have the 49ers at home a lot of tough teams on paper but I think this team has grown and improved since last year and the last time we really saw Jacksonville make a deep run in the postseason their quarterback was Blake Bortles and we saw how that worked out they financially invested in him and they end up missing the playoffs in the following year. They've got the right coach in Doug Peterson. They've got Calvin Ridley, who's fresh off of suspension from the gambling situation. I think that this offense is only going to get better. I like Evan Ingram a lot to make a make much bigger leap than he did last year. He was a big factor in their playoff comeback. This is a team in Jacksonville that I could see sticking around for a long time. And I think for a franchise that's been waiting for some consistency, you're going to get it. And I think they're going to be in the postseason once again in January. All right, we're going to move to the AFC East because I think that is the second hardest or third hardest one to decipher. No, I'm going to shift gears. I'm going to do AFC West. I am going to give you my four through one because I kind of like dissension. So 
At number one, I have Kansas City. Number two, I have the Chargers. Number three, I have the Broncos. And number four, I have the Raiders. For me, it's easy. The Chiefs are the class of the not just their own division, but the entire conference. They added players like Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith to shore up the offensive line and protect Patrick Mahomes. They lost Orlando Brown, and they brought in younger, more expensive talent, but I think it's worth it at that price and at that position to be able to protect your quarterback, who is the best in the league by far. And I think for the Kansas City Chiefs, you got a Kadarius Tony now with a full offseason. I really like Justin Ross. You guys know I do, especially with the Clemson stuff. I think that this is a Kansas City offense that is going to continue to get better. I'm a little worried about Chris Jones missing part of their beginning of the season. He had made a comment earlier that the farthest he'd hold out is week eight. So we'll see how that ends up. But I think for Kansas City, this is a team that's probably going to be at the top of the conference yet again. And for the Chargers, I really think that this is a team that's so talented that they're going to be able to scrape nine, ten wins off of just pure talent alone. But I don't trust Brandon Staley one bit. I felt very good about my opinion after they blew a 27-3 lead with Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions in the playoffs. It felt like that was a team that just needed to run the football a little bit more. You got Atlanta fans probably feel my sympathy on that one. I think that what they added in the draft was great. I thought what they added in the offseason was great. But I think it for me, it comes down to coach. I don't think unless they get a big time hire and a big time name, I think that they'll always be a step behind Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. My third team is Denver. I like Sean Payton and what he can do. But as you get better, other teams do as well. Can he bring Russell Wilson back to form? I like the moves they made in the offseason. Similar to Kansas City, they went out and spent money on protecting Russell Wilson to see, hey, we got to get him back to form. They added guys like Mike McGlinchey. Ben Powers to protect Russell Wilson. And I think Sean Payton can really bring back a style to this offense. They've been very, very serious this offseason. No more of these offices on different floors. None of this nonsense where people are fighting on the sidelines. Sean Payton's an absolutely unbelievably proven head coach in this league. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been able to really work with quarterbacks that not necessarily like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson have the similar play style, but he's used to dealing with tighter quarterbacks that need to stay in the pocket. And I think Peyton could really, there's an advantage to be able to use Russell Wilson's creativity that he thrives so much on in Seattle, where if the play wasn't there, Wilson could spin around in the pocket. He was so elusive with defenders that he could buy it extra three or four seconds to get maybe talented receivers like Corton Sutton, Jerry Judy, out open in space. They have a lot to work with here in Denver. Do I think that it's going to come to fruition in one year? I don't think so, but I think there's going to be a lot of positives in Denver. It could be a team where they finish nine and eight and they're barely out of the playoff picture. Like I said earlier in this podcast, this is going to be a conference where three or four teams could finish with a nine and eight, 10 and seven record, and maybe with a tiebreaker or just unfortunate situation. They're left out of the postseason on the outside looking in. It's going to be a very tough conference to win games. This is going to be a division that's going to be tough to win games as well. And then my fourth spot is the Raiders. They add Jimmy Garoppolo. They added Jacoby Myers in the offseason. They add talent. They're bringing back guys like Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams. But it's like the Chargers, but at a worse level. I think Josh McDaniels is not a great fit in the NFL with coaches. I think he's a great offensive coordinator, and I think it was smart to bring a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's familiar with this system. But I just don't think McDaniel's head coach, I just don't think it works. I think this is a Raiders team that, like the Broncos, could see drastic improvement. They probably won't win four games this year. I could see an uptick 
in the win count, and maybe they decide to stick it around. But this is, again, a tough division to win in. you got the Broncos who have improved. The Chiefs, I, I believe, honestly, improved a little bit too. The Chargers are going to still be talented and tough to beat. You have to play all these guys twice a year, especially with your given schedule. I just see the Raiders as being an unfortunate slot at four. Okay. All righty, all righty, all righty. So these are the two divisions that really, really are interesting to me. It's the AFC East and the NFC North. Both divisions I could see multiple teams representing the AFC in the playoffs later on. So we're going to start with the AFC East. Number one, I have Buffalo. Number two, I have the New York Jets. Number three, I have the New England Patriots. And number four, I have the Miami Dolphins. Really, for me, Buffalo, I think they've really flown under the radar in this division, and they've been the class of it for the last three to four years because of the play of Josh Allen, because of the play of Stefan Diggs. That rumor of him wanting out got shut down. They bring back a lot of pieces. I really like Damian Harris as an underrated signing over from New England that adds some running back depth room that has James Cook in it. There's a lot of great things with Buffalo. I think the pass rush with Von Miller should be able to get past the Jets glaring flaw. We'll talk about the Jets left tackle situation in a bit, but I think this is a year for Josh Allen and Sean McDermott to really make that push for the Super Bowl. Their hurdle has always been Kansas City, but I think even with all the additions that the Jets have made in the offseason, I still think this team finishes number one and near the top of the AFC. Okay, with the Jets at two, this is by far one of my favorite teams to watch in the in the in the fall. They're the most hyped team in the offseason. They were the most hyped team this offseason, and I think rightfully so. You fused a lot of young talent with Aaron Rodgers. You brought in guys like Nicole Hardman, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and you got your quarterback. And I think that Zach Wilson last year was able to beat the Bills once. I think this could be a division that beats itself up in various ways. Maybe Buffalo finishes 11-6, New York's 10-7 and right behind them. Because of just the way this division is formatted, the scheduling, it's going to be a tough, tough slate for a lot of teams in the AFC East. But I just want to go through a couple early, their early six games on the Jets schedule. I could see some growing pains. Their biggest flaw for me is their tackle situation. Makai Becton, who's been a big question mark for me through his career, and Dwayne Brown, who's an injury. He's had faced some injuries, and there's a lot of questions from Jets media surrounding how is this team going to come together from that specific spot. They've got a lot of flash and a lot of talent, and they're going to be very good, but I could see some growing pains. You start him with Buffalo, with Von Miller in that pass rush, and the Buffalo's got one of the better secondaries in the entire NFL. You go to the Cowboys, who have Micah Parsons, you pair him up against Drew Beek as left tackle. It's going to be a nightmare for Aaron Rodgers. And that Cowboys team added Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. Some very good additions. I could see the Jets dropping a couple games. They have New England at home. While New England offensively is not going to compare to what the Jets have, the New England Patriots have a solid pass rush. Matthew Judon. They got Keon White, who's a rookie, who's really had a flash in training camp. Josh Uche really had a breakout season, 15 sacks. I could see that being a problem for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that they're going to lose to New England necessarily, but I think that could be an issue. The Chiefs, if Chris Jones can return, George Karpfloffis, there's a lot with the Chiefs that could give Aaron Rodgers problems with Steve Spagnuolo's defensive coordinator. They play the Eagles, where they're basically Georgia University at this point with Jalen Carter coming in. They have a lot of talent on that end. It's going to be a... I don't necessarily think that if they start 3-3 three and three or 2-4 and four in that stretch that people are going to start freaking out because that schedule is so tough. It gets a lot easier from there. And maybe they have that left tackle situation figured out. They put it in a, they just put a button on it and it's fine. 
And I could get burned here. They could start 6-0 and and be one of the better teams in the NFL. But I think that early start in such a competitive conference could hold them back for a little bit, but could be a team like Brady in the playoffs in 2020 where they put it all together at the last possible second and they just wreck everybody in their path, especially like they did Kansas City in the Super Bowl. For New England, I have new pieces and new OC. How much does it matter? This is a New England team last year that you wish they had made those improvements in 2022 instead of right now. They added Bill O'Brien, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ezekiel Elliott, Mike Gusecki. New pieces, and theoretically, they should be better offensively, but in a division where the Jets are still around, they got so much better. Buffalo is going to be so much better. We'll talk about Miami in a second. I don't know if this team just has enough juice, especially with the way their schedule is. I have them at 8-9 to finish the season. I think Mac Jones is going to have a much better year. I think this offense is going to have a much better year. But I think this is a team that maybe there's a lot of the groundwork for a playoff run in 2024. I just don't know, given their schedule and given the pieces that they've added. They've improved, and they're going to be a much better offense from the Matt Patricia look. And maybe with Belichick, the way they were able to find a way to win eight games last year, maybe it's enough. But I'm just not sure that the Patriots have enough able to compete with Buffalo especially Buffalo the way Buffalo has been able to handle New England the only game New England's beaten Buffalo in in the last I think three seasons is that windy game where they just ran the hell out of the football and Buffalo wasn't able to stop a couple of plays here and there so it's really been a division dominated by the Bills and I don't see the Patriots changing that anytime soon and for Miami I'm just I the Tua situation is so unfortunate because I think he's such a great guy and an accurate thrower. I think a lot of his arm strength has been taken away from him due to injuries. I think some sort of confidence has been taken away from him the way that his career began. I was a Tua believer for a bit. I was a Tua non-believer for a bit. I just don't think I have an enemy to think that the Dolphins can finish first, second, or even third in this case. They're going to have their star corner, Jalen Ramsey, missing time. I think it's the first eight weeks of the season. And I think that also someone brought this up. Someone brought a great point to the table. Dolphins started on fire last year, and they nearly they limped into the playoffs heading into there. And I know they had their problems with Tua, and that is not to be ignored. But I think it goes without saying that a lot of teams started to play Miami different. They weren't giving them as much space to work with. They weren't letting Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, especially with their speed. They're like, hey, you got to beat us in more difficult ways. We got to want Tua to make those bigger throws. And in most situations, he couldn't. So I think with Miami... This is going to be your year to decide if you can have two or not for the long term, especially with the injuries, especially with the play. It's been very erratic. It's been up and down. I think this could be a difficult year for Miami fans. And I could easily interchange Miami and New England finishing third and fourth. But I think when you break it down, I think I just am not a big Miami Dolphins believer heading into this season. All right. I think I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we'll break down the AFC North, which I believe is the best division in football. And then we'll do my order of finish. This is the Man With a Plan podcast, and I'll be right back. And we are back. It's time to do some AFC North breakdowns. Like I said before I breaked, the best division in football. When you look at it, these are four teams that could all realistically win the division, but I think three of the four have more of a long shot than the final one. My order going one, two, four is the Bengals finishing first, the Ravens finishing second, the Cleveland Browns at third, and the Steelers at four. And it really pains me because I know if you're watching, Will, that you're probably going to give me hell about that well, that pick. But I think that when it comes down to it, we're going to start with the Steelers. 
To me, they're just like the Patriots. They got a lot better, and I think they found their quarterback in Kenny Pickett. George Pickens is one of the rising stars in this league at receiver, can make all the plays, can make every single catch possible. He is the perfect wide receiver to pair with a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett. And you, we did break down Pittsburgh's schedule earlier, but I think when it, when I pick these divisions and I look at the AFC North, I look at the Bengals adding Orlando Brown to shore up Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals' continuous problems on offensive line. Hopefully they can keep Joe Burrow healthy. The Ravens adding Odell Beckham Jr., getting Zay Flowers in the draft. They are one of the more complete teams in the National Football League, in the Browns, I think that with Deshaun Watson, what this team has, there's so much potential with Cleveland. You add Deshaun Watson, who three years ago in 2020 threw for nearly 5,000 yards, 30, he threw for 33 touchdowns, only seven picks, and a rating of 112.4. If Watson can be somewhat like that, this Browns team could be unstoppable. Let's start at Cincinnati. This is a team that, like last year, I think could have potential to start very slow. They started 0-2 after representing the AFC in the AFC Championship game. But they bring in a guy like Orlando Brown, who I really thought was one of the better signings of the entire offseason. I think when I did my free agency top fives, he was one of those picks because you got to spend the premium to protect this quarterback. And Joe Burrow has been one of the more sacked quarterbacks in this entire league. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase continue to get better. I know that Cincinnati lost a lot in free agency but they have one of the better offenses and quarterbacks in the league. And I think more importantly, and when we talk about Baltimore, their quarterback has an ability to stay healthy down the stretch. And it's why I don't have the Ravens at number one. Lamar Jackson in the last three years has missed significant playing time. That's kept the Ravens out of important playoff games in 2020. A couple wins here and there gets you a home playoff game. In 21, you miss the postseason because Lamar misses a bunch of games down the stretch in 2022. Tyler Huntley is your quarterback going in Cincinnati and you're a QB sneak away from potentially coming away with that on an upset. So in this offseason, the Ravens took care of a lot of things. They re-signed Lamar Jackson. They got Odell Beckham Jr. Got safe flowers in the draft. One of my favorite receivers, the guy out of Boston College, he's shined in training camp and in the preseason. I think Baltimore is going to have one of the better offenses. For me, it came down to is Lamar going to be able to stay healthy? Is the Ravens long-term investment going to pay off? If Lamar Jackson is healthy, this team can compete in a Super Bowl and might as well win it. Lamar's got his deep threat. We've always been talking about, man, Lamar doesn't have that perfect weapon. You've got Mark Andrews now to add. Well, he's got, had Mark Andrews as a tight end, but it's never felt like enough. Now he has Rashad Bateman as a compliment piece, Say Flowers, and Odell Beckham. He's got four really talented weapons to work with. And he himself is his own various weapon with the way he's able to use his arm and his legs to make football, to make plays. I think the Ravens are a solid choice for number two, particularly because down the stretch, I think I trust the Bengals and Joe Burrow to keep things healthy, to keep things rolling. Because if you have to bring in Tyler Huntley, no matter how talented this offense is, I don't think the Ravens will have enough in the tank to be able to do it again. And for three, I think Cleveland is going to be my seventh. They're, they're my seventh seed in our order of finish. So you know my one and seven. I think Deshaun Watson is way too talented to continue this regression that he had in 2022. He has been, he was out of football for a year and a half, and he was dealing with all the personal stuff with the suspension that we won't get into. But I think when Watson was at his best, and I just read you off his 2020 stats, I'll do it again, 70.2 completion percentage. 4,823 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks with a quarterback rating of 
5.4. Watson played like a top five quarterback in 2020 and Houston Texans just weren't good enough around him to make it work. This is a roster with Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper. There is so much talent on this Cleveland Browns roster with a coach like Kevin Stefanski who has the offense to make it work. There's so much I love about Cleveland. I just don't know. Maybe it doesn't kick pick up right away. And I think the Ravens and the Bengals are better in a lot of certain spots. I like the Ravens secondary and front seven a little more. I like the Browns pass rush a little more, but I like the Bengals completeness. I like their wide receiver core. I like Joe Burrow a lot more. Those three teams I could very well see all playing in the Super Bowl, depending on how teams go. That may be a hot take, but I do think people have been kind of keeping Cleveland under the radar. Maybe I am too, and I'm overselling it. But it's time for our playoff order, and this is going to be more of like a rehash, refreshing. At number one, I have Kansas City. It's an easy pick for me. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. It's the low-hanging fruit of this podcast. I think he's the best quarterback in this league, and he's going to dominate the AFC West and have home field advantage once again. At number two, I have Cincinnati. I think that they might start slow because of the calf injury that's prevented Joe Burrow to miss time. They avoided a scare there. I think that Cincinnati is going to be able to win their division. I don't trust Lamar Jackson as much. If Lamar Jackson for the last three years has proven that he was healthy, I would have the Ravens as my number one seed without a doubt. But I think Cincinnati and Kansas City as the top two teams are fair. At number three, I have Jacksonville. I really like their schedule. They play in the easiest division in the AFC by far amongst all the four divisions that we've been talking about for this episode. And I think Trevor Lawrence and Calvin really are going to add a different dynamic to this offense that was very successful down the stretch in 2022. And number four, I have Buffalo. They're in a really tough division. I think the AFC East is going to beat itself up this year. I could see Buffalo falling in the rankings of the wild card. They're going to potentially be a four seed, host a playoff game. But I still think Buffalo is one of the top teams in the AFC and playing a Super Bowl. But with that division, I think that there's going to be some wins and losses taken away just because of the strength of that division. At number five, I have Baltimore, a team that I hope stays healthy down the stretch because I want to see playoff Lamar. I want to see Odell Beckham. I want to see Zay Flowers. I want to see how this new look Ravens look. It's an exciting year to be a Ravens fan. Shout out Ethan Hirsch. I'm really excited to see what the Ravens look like, but I have them at five right now because of my uh, cautious optimism towards Lamar Jackson's health. If he can stay healthy, this is a top three team in the AFC. If not, they're the best wildcard team, in my opinion. At number six, I have the Jets, a team that's going to be very, very, very closely watched heading into the season. I think there's going to be some growing pains, like I mentioned earlier, especially with their left tackle situation. It scares me to my core that Aaron Rodgers is going to take a lot more hits and that could result in some growing pains early on. But this is a Jets team that like reminds me of Tampa Bay in 2020. They have all the pieces. Can they put it together? They can win a Super Bowl if that's the case. And my number seven team, I have the Browns. I'm going to leave the Chargers out purely because of my Brandon Staley opinion. I just don't trust him as a coach. I think that when you compare Justin Herbert to Sean Watson, they're both excellent quarterbacks in this league. I just I have it as Browns slash Chargers, but I had to make my decision. I'm going to take Cleveland. I think the Chargers team's going to have some things to work out next offseason. I hope that they can get a big-time coach because Justin Herbert's a quarterback that's capable of winning a Super Bowl but in that same breath, I don't think that he's got the right coach behind him. I really liked his aggressive play calling style when he was a rookie head coach, and he really stepped back from that. And I think that's what cost him in certain areas and in multiple games throughout the year. So I'm going to be the Chargers are my for if we're doing the college football playoff, my first two out would be the Chargers and the Steelers, followed by New England. But in Miami, 
but I think that my top order, let's just rehash it once more. It's going to be Kansas City at one, Cincinnati at two, Jacksonville at three, Buffalo at four, the the Baltimore Ravens at five, the New York Jets at six, and the Cleveland Browns at seven. All right, that'll do it for our AFC predictions for the Man with a Plan podcast. My name is Grayson Man. Thank you guys as always for tuning in and giving me your support. If you don't agree with my picks, I know somebody will. Leave it down below. Let's have a discussion. Tell me your top seven heading into the postseason. Guys, thank you as always for tuning in. Have a fantastic day and take care.